Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Friday, April 26th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Oh, man, what the hell? What are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? So, uh, transparency here. I am recording this at 10.37 p.m. Thursday night uh, as I pull up a quick tab here. We are currently at uh, pick number 21 in the NFL draft. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are on the clock and the Denver Broncos just selected another tight end from Iowa. Somehow Iowa had two top 20 players in the NFL draft at tight end uh, and finished the season nine and four. Um, that is an impressive amount of Iowa-ing. Yeah, I think I don't know if that's actually a verb, you know, like Clemsoning became a verb, you know, botching a game that was going to lead to a bigger game uh, in a spectacular fashion. You know, Clemsoning uh, was a big thing there. Iowa-ing, I think, is having a bunch of professional talent uh, and not getting proper usage out of it. Although you could do that with LSU as well because they had a team that had Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Alfred Blue. Uh, and I think like Zach Mettenberger and a couple other pros on offense <laughs> and still like we're not that good at offense somehow. Um, anyway, uh, I do want to talk. Oh, I, I didn't even explain the reason why I was doing that. Um, Justin Lane has not been picked yet. Um, I don't think he'll be picked while I'm doing this. Um, there was a little bit more chatter during the day Thursday, the hours leading up to the draft, when things kind of get crazy, and we'll sort of see what happens here. Um, there was a little bit of chatter uh, that Justin Lane could go to Can- or the Seahawks at 29, and the Seahawks did just uh, trade back and get pick number 30 from Green Bay as well. Uh, so the Seahawks pick at 29 and 30. So uh, they do need uh, another corner opposite of Shaq Griffin there. So if, uh, you know, we'll see no corner has been picked yet. Uh, I don't think um, Savage got picked uh, there at 21 from Green Bay safety. And he is actually, yeah, the first defensive back off the board. Uh, so that's kind of crazy. There might be some good corners still available in those picks. And maybe Justin Lane ends up falling because, uh, the, the cornerback class isn't that highly thought of, although Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN uh, had moved Lane up to his third uh, overall uh, in, in the cornerback ranking. So there is still you know a chance that Lane could go in the first round here. It may or may not happen while I'm recording. I'm going to be looking at it, and I don't think, you know unless it happens in the next few picks here, I don't think it'll happen while I'm recording. So if he does get picked in the first round, uh, you know, somewhere 29 or 30 and then, you know, the episode will already be uh, finished up by then. Uh, I will just, you know, address it on Monday. What I'm going to do on Monday's show is a full uh, MSU, you know, draft slash free agency signing recap. Um, it'll be nice because we'll know the teams that these guys are going to and we'll have some more context and we can actually talk about, um, you know, comments from coaches and things like that. Uh, maybe, you know, Felton Davis gets picked late. Uh, coach says, yeah, we're going to do the redshirt thing and hopefully it'll be this and maybe it's a good spot and we'll be able to talk about fit and roles and different things like that. So that's the plan for Monday is to sort of recap the draft in the Michigan state guys and who got signed. We'll update all that stuff, uh, and talk about, you know, that moving forward, how guys might project, uh, if there's someone landed in a good spot, bad spot, 
uh, all of that. So that's the plan here. I'm not going to have any more draft stuff here specifically related to Michigan State uh, for the rest of this episode. What we are going to do in segments two and three is I'm starting a new uh, series, I guess, if you can call it or want to call it that. What I'm going to do is, and yes, I am using the entire first segment to just kind of lay things out here, and I will do some stuff at the end of it, but segments two and three today, we're going to start uh, positional previews for Michigan State. Uh, We're going to go through football first, uh, and we're going to start with quarterback and uh, wide receiver here, and just talk about uh, the depth chart, uh, you know, who's on it. Uh, what type of role they're they're looking to move into, things we need to see from specific players, guys who are maybe poised to take a jump, someone who's under the radar, and, and things like that. Um, so that's the plan here. Um, we'll we'll sort of sprinkle these in as we go. You know, news is going to get light at times, and these are good ways to sort of fill in uh, days here with good information uh, about these teams and just um, you know. Uh, trying to project things moving forward and stuff like that. So quarterback's going to be probably the quickest one. Uh, so we'll start off with that quarterback and receiver today. And then I think sometime next week we'll get to running backs uh, and maybe tight ends as well. And then we'll get to the O-line down the line. Then we'll flip to the other side of the ball. And then when uh, once uh, football season is done, or football season, once the football positions are done, um, we'll switch over to basketball. And with basketball, we're not going to do a positional preview. Uh, I'm going to do a specific player preview now that we know most of the roster for next season. We'll talk, you know, we'll do, um, you know, things, an episode dedicated to Cassius Winston, dedicated to Marcus Bingham, and, and maybe, you know, everyone is not a whole episode. Maybe it's just a segment here, two segments here, a couple segments here, there kind of thing. Um, but I really want to get in depth with the basketball team. Uh, with the you know national championship uh, expectations going into next season. And I think by time uh, we get to a point where we're rolling through those, we'll know who that 13th scholarship uh, is going to go to. So we'll have the complete roster. And we'll talk about things like Aaron Henry's development, how that's going, where he needs to improve. Marcus Bingham, how does he need to improve? What can he bring? Different things like that. We'll get real in-depth and we'll bring in some different people to uh, talk about things like that, potential uh, minutes moving forward and sort of things like that. So that's kind of the long range plan here. One thing we're going to be doing uh, throughout the summer on Locked on Spartans throughout the month of, uh, you know, the, the rest of April here, the month of May and probably uh, into June. Again, just sprinkling these things in. It won't be every single day. Uh, there's going to be news and, and different things that we're following and other types of things. Like I'm going to do an entire episode uh, down the road here where me and uh, Matt Sheehan break down the Matt McQuaid 360 layup against Duke, or maybe just break down the Matt McQuaid couple plays against Duke, the dunk, and then the 360 layup for a full half an hour. Like we're going to get obsessively in depth with it and just go over the top and do things like that. Uh, we're going to look at recruiting classes, uh, you know, summer recruiting. We're going to look at recruiting classes stacked up to recruits uh, or stacked up to results uh, for both football and basketball. You know, at Michigan State, we really pride uh, the teams really pride themselves on being able to find hidden gems and development and things like that. So we'll do some stuff like that. We'll talk about historic teams and uh, things like that. There's going to be mailbag episodes, and we're just gonna we're gonna navigate our way here through the the, the quiet season uh, until football season. Uh, finds its way uh, around the corner here, and uh, then we'll jump right back into that. 
So I thought today, the first segment, that was a good time to just sort of lay all that out so you have an idea, um, you know, moving forward. And if you ever want to send in ideas and things like that, more than happy to take those uh, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. You can always call the voicemail line 810-666-1031. You can tweet at me at will underscore underscore hunter, one out two underscores, or at on Spartans on Twitter. Um, And before we move on here, um, that's all for like the homework stuff. But man, I think a lot of uh, the people that listen to this show um, tend to be Lions fans. I know there's some people from outside the state uh, and things like that, Uh, you know, Bears fans, Packers fans or or what have you. But I think I I would guess the majority of the listeners to this show uh, do tend to root for the Lions and um like I said, we're at pick 23 now here in the first round. Uh, my God, that was an incredible first round pick. That was the most Lions thing I've seen since uh, the last time they did this and drafted Eric Ebron in the top 10 instead of Odell Beckham <laughs> and Aaron Donald. Um, that was really fun. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, um, uh, you can listen to my other podcast that I do with um, with Sheehan, but he's not on it. And our other friend, Paul Costanzo, who some of you may know from Twitter and things like that. Uh, you can find it. It's, just, it's called The Three Gas Bags. Just search it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Paul and I did a half an hour episode. Uh, we picked it up at like pick five. Uh, we laughed really hard at the Daniel Jones pick at six. Uh, and then we had our reactions to the Lions taking Hawkinson. So it's a fun, quick listen. And after this episode, if you want to hear me expand more on that, um, head over there and, and listen to that. I will warn you, the language is not as clean as I keep it here on Locked on Spartan. So just wanted to throw that out for you guys in case you were uh, reeling from that just amazing draft pick by the Lions and wanted to uh, commiserate with some other Lions. Um, well, Paul's a Lions fan. I'm a Lions uh, acknowledger. I acknowledge that I grew up uh, close to where the Lions play professional football. Um, so head on over there, search the three gas bags, uh, wherever you get podcasts, if you want to listen to that. Uh, also I'll tweet it out from my personal Twitter feed. All right, let's take a break. And then when we get back, we'll start these positional uh, breakdowns here. Uh, with the quarterback group. We'll do it right after this commercial break. Real quick, you can get Locked on Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. Guys, this episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard, multiple job sites, stack of resumes, confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy. And you only have to go to one place to get it done. How easy is that? ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. That is a lot of job boards, but they don't just stop there. They have this powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter uses it to scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. Thousands of resumes. Could you imagine sitting at your desk and just reading a thousand resumes, how long that would take you, how mind-numbing of an experience that would be. ZipRecruiter does it all for you as applications come in. ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the first site within the very first 
today. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's how you spell LockedOn. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, welcome back to segment two. That was a weird all right. I apologize for that. That was like uh, stomach virus uh, infiltrating the system. All right, all right. (laughs) All right, Uh, let's try that again. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Lockdown Spartans. Let's start looking at these positional breakdowns. So starting at quarterback, and this one might be... Uh, the quickest one we'll see. I have no idea how this stuff's going to go. Hopefully it's not a disaster. If it's a disaster and it's just awful, the worst thing you've ever heard on a podcast, tell me. Um, but I doubt it's going to be. Because remember, uh, we talked yesterday. That was a great stammer by me. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. Every single podcast I do is the greatest podcast ever done in the history of podcasts, don't you know? That's right. Yesterday's podcast was the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts. And today's is already eclipsing it. It's incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a, You're right. It's a great achievement. I can't believe it either. I can't believe I've made it this far. Um, I hope my bosses aren't listening. Uh, so quarterback, the starter, uh, unquestioned, is Brian Lewerke, and he is going to be backed up by Rocky Lombardi. And then we've got Theo Day as the red shirt freshman third string guy. Uh, I, I don't anticipate seeing much of Theo Day uh, this year, so we're not going to talk about him a ton. Uh, there, you certainly see some traits from him. We saw it in the spring game. He's a big guy, kind of really prototypical. Um, has some things to learn. Has kind of a funky throwing motion, but does have a good strong arm. Uh, did make some nice throws in the spring game. Has some accuracy, it seems. Um, but we'll see how his development sort of progresses. He's going to have to get better at reading defenses and uh, being comfortable in the pocket, dissecting defenses and making good, accurate throws. That's just, it's a tough ask for a kid who hasn't played uh, any football yet at college to be good at that. So that's the goal with his development so far. Uh, let's move to Rocky Lombardi here real quick, the backup. Uh, so Lombardi got an extended look last year with Brian Lewerke's injury. Um, it was a really fun story, and the fan base really latched onto him. He's got the long, flowing, blonde hair, uh, which you know reminds you of Sunshine from Remember the Titans. He is, as we all know, a former state champion wrestler from high school. Uh, he is from Iowa, just as an absolute, like, Here's a cliche, blue collar worker type dude. And he plays quarterback that way. Like he is not scared. He is uh, as Midwest as they come. He's running into people. He is crashing around. Um, He's hectic. He's a bowling ball at times. He's throwing the hell out of the football, throwing it as hard as he can. Um, And just, you know, just kind of make it a beautiful, lovely football mess of things out there. And, you know, up and down at, at times is a weird situation with the injury with Lurikey where he's still playing. And, you, you know, the job was never really handed to Lombardi. Uh, and we talked about this throughout the fall. Brian Lurikey was at many times very clearly too hurt to play competent football. And there was a point where they should have, you know, accepted that and handed the keys over to Lombardi and said, this is your job for now. When Brian's healthy, he's still a guy, but this is your chance to to make something of an opportunity, and then you go from there. Um, so it was, you know he didn't get that sort of confidence boost from 
the the coaching staff. I think D'Antonio was nervous going to him. We know he doesn't like to play freshman at that position. He needs to really trust his quarterback. Uh, and I don't think he trusted Lombardi, and I think Lombardi knew that, and I think it impacted his play at times. Um, he's like He seems like a guy who's just better uh, kind of winging it out there at times, just kind of being a big, giant athlete that he is. He's a big, strong kid. He's really fast, um, and he can make some plays, and he belongs on a Division One football field. Um, and I just don't think he was you know, maybe set up for success the best way possible last year. There were times, though, where we certainly saw Flashes from him. He's got a strong arm. Absolute cannon. He had a goofy throwing motion. Went to a quarterback guru this year. It looks a lot better. Uh, We'll see that stuff sometimes doesn't truly take. Sometimes it it comes and goes. Uh, But he needed work on his mechanics for sure. Uh, And it it certainly looks like he's improved there. He needs to get better. uh, And this will come with time at pocket awareness, things like that. Being able to read defenses and being comfortable in a pocket when these, you know, it's congested around him. Being able to uh, move subtly in the pocket, slide left, create a throwing lane. Uh, use your eyes to move safeties. Really like that sort of next level, uh, excellent quarterback type stuff. Uh, and that stuff's important in this offense. Being able to make professional plays and professional throws is an important thing for a quarterback to be able to do. And so he's a good athlete, has a strong arm. Uh, it still has a ways to go in terms of developing the cerebral cerebral portion of his game. Um, but the good news is he's not going to be asked to be the guy this year, he's got another year of learning, and then he's got his opportunity to step in and be the guy. Um, another thing he needed to work on was some touch throws. Uh, everything was fastballs last year as the Andrew Maxwell 2.0 show. Uh, showed a little bit more touch in the spring game. Had a nice touch throw to Daryl Stewart um, for a touchdown. Uh, did have one that I think I don't think it was picked off. It should have been picked off where he threw a touch throw, and he th- put too much touch on it. So it's clearly something he's still working on. You know, that sort of stuff is expected, uh, is to be expected from a guy who, remember, he was, I think, a dual threat guy, uh, considered a dual threat quarterback, like 13th or 15th or something like that, three-star recruit, you know, wasn't someone coming in uh, highly polished who had been developed by high-end high school coaching and came out of a, a factory program that, you know, has already been working at being a professional quarterback starting his sophomore year in high school like some guys do. Like Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, those types of guys come out of high school and they're polished and ready to compete. Um, You know, Lombardi, it's a little bit of a different story uh, given his background and where he played and the the competition level he played uh, against. But it's an interesting year for him, Um, hopefully just for the sake of (laughs) – Health for Brian Lowerke, we don't have to see a ton of Rocky Lombardi this year, and he gets to continue to develop, learn on the bench, uh, and be a guy who's ready to take over the starting job when Lowerke leaves next year. As for Lowerke, uh, you know what, actually? Here's what I'm going to do. I ran a little bit long there with Lombardi, so I'm going to break real quick. I know that was a short segment, and we're just going to do quarterbacks here today because this is going a little bit, I told you I didn't know how this was going to go. This is going to go a little bit longer uh, than I had actually intended. So we'll just do Brian Lewerke here. It'll be quarterbacks, and then we'll pick up with receivers and running backs sometime uh, next week because there are like six receivers we need to talk about, so that can probably take up a whole episode. So we'll do that. Brian Lewerke, uh, positional breakdown after the break. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Spartans and the new Himalaya podcast app in an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. I am stifling a burp right now. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. 
All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's finish up this uh, quarterback positional group breakdown, talking about the starter, Brian Lewerke. So, last year was just uh, an unmitigated disaster in terms of the plan for Brian Lewerke. Um, I actually, so I, I mentioned the other podcasts that I do, the three gas bags, and we did kind of a bold prediction type thing at the beginning of football season last year. We did it for Michigan, Michigan State, and the Lions because we're kind of a, a Detroit area sports podcast. So it wasn't just MSU stuff. <clears throat> and my bold prediction for Michigan State was that Brian Lewerke would be selected in the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, yes, the NFL draft that is happening right now um, that he will not be selected in because A, he's not in it, and B, uh, if he were in it, he would be an undrafted free agent. Um, it just, uh, the promise of the sophomore season didn't pan out. Uh, there were definitely moments, uh, you know, in that first game, even though it was Utah state where the offense was looking all right, uh, things kind of fell apart there. The offensive line was getting hurt. Uh, running back started LJ Scott started, you know, got hurt. Receivers were getting banged up. Uh, then, you know, a few games into the season, the work he gets hurt and it's an entire mash unit. 10 of the 11 guys uh, who started the season on the, the starting offensive unit uh, missed time last season, uh, including <laughs> actually, I think Dar- did Daryl Stewart, Daryl Stewart was hurt, but I don't remember if he missed time. That's how many people were hurt. I don't remember if Michigan State's number two receiver missed any time, you know, but everyone else did. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, it was just, yeah, and we know how it all finished, and uh, Brian Lewerke, who was gaining traction as a guy who, with the big season, could jump into the top three or four quarterbacks in the NFL draft, and as you saw, if you were watching the draft last night, um, you know, let's Murray goes first, uh, Daniel Jones goes sixth, no one was talking about either of those guys as first-round picks, uh, and then Haskins goes 15th, no one was talking about him as a first-round pick because they weren't sure. He hadn't even started a game. So I thought Lewerke was due for a big season, and I thought he would really jump into that uh, first-round mix uh, at quarterback, and it obviously just didn't happen for a number of reasons. And so it's this season, I think, uh, this spring really, I think, a lot of it was about him getting back on track, Um, him feeling confident in his arm, him looking and feeling healthy again. Uh, and, you know, we don't like to take a ton from spring games. Uh, you know, the Tristan Tristan Jackson game is one that we can cite really quickly and easily as something that, you know, a, a mirage that can happen in a spring game. But there are certainly things to take in terms of health, uh, things like that. Um, you can see different guys like Anthony Williams Jr. You can see there's some juice there. There's some shiftiness. It's a different type of running back the Michigan State's had. Not saying he's going to be a great player, but there might be something there, right? Well, with Brian Lewerke, the big thing was the the throwing uh, motion. Did it look normal again? Did he look comfortable throwing it? How um, was he feeling in terms of uh, pain in the shoulder? Could he come out and throw 20 passes 
and be pain-free? And did he have the zip back? Did he have the accuracy back? Did he look like the Brian Lewerke we know, who was a pretty darn good thrower of the football? You know, a plus arm, not the not the best arm talent, but a plus arm, enough arm strength to make uh, a number of professional throws, make a far hash throw, and enough accuracy to get it done mixed with his good athleticism. And, you know, we just wanted to sort of see that, and I think we did in the spring game. He went 14 of 20, 181 yards, had two touchdowns, did get picked off on a ball that was uh, not totally his fault. I mean, Josiah Scott, if you're throwing a one-on-one go-get-it ball to Brandon Sowards against Josiah Scott, decision-making might need to be a little bit better in that process. Um but it's still it was a more a hell of a play on defense than like wow that was really bad from Lewerke. I thought he looked comfortable. I thought he looked, um, you know, strong in the pocket. I thought his throwing uh, motion looked good. I thought he was mostly accurate. Missed a couple throws, uh, and I thought his his arm looked live uh, as Mark D'Antonio likes to say. So that was all positive. So now what do we sort of need to see from him moving forward? Uh, I think we want to see entering into fall camp and through fall camp uh, reports be positive in terms of that. Just continuing the trend, you would think uh, after avoiding surgery and with uh, things kind of coming together with some just prolonged rest, not throwing a football, that he can build back up the strength and things like that, get to working out, get to really uh, trying to improve uh, throughout the summer and into fall camp. And you would hope by fall camp he's 100% locked in and just completely uh, ready to go. I wouldn't expect anything else. And then from there, you know, I think it'll be interesting certainly to see how things change with Brad Salem as the offensive coordinator. I think they're going to use Lewerke's athleticism more than uh, they did with Dave Warner. And I don't mean just quarterback run. I mean moving pockets, moving depth, uh, or moving depth, moving drop targets for him, getting him on sprint outs and things like that, resetting pockets, um, and just using his athletic ability to uh, his advantage. He's a guy who can throw on the run, has, like I said, a strong arm, can make good, difficult throws uh, using his athleticism, of course, uh, can keep it on uh, RPOs, uh, you know, do a good job dissecting those, can keep it on uh, zone reads and things like that, which I think we're going to see a more modern offense, and that'll be good for him. And I think that'll also give him the ability to get rolling on the season. Uh, Michigan State opens up pretty light, uh, and if things are clicking on offense, guys are running in open space, he's able to make easy rhythm, rhythm throws and sort of get some confidence rolling. Um, he says he feels confident, but I think it's tough to really get back to that, you know, swaggery type, I'm the man, this is my team, I run this thing, I'm a great quarterback kind of attitude that you need uh, without playing real games. You can get some of that back in spring ball. Uh, But I think you really start getting it going if you throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns opening week, uh, blowing out who they play like Tulsa or whatever, whatever the first game is like something like that and really get it going. So um, I'm looking forward to that kind of thing. And I I do want to see him develop in the pocket in terms of movement and things like that. I want to see the the return of the accurate Brian Lewerke. And it's not he hasn't always been the most accurate guy. Uh, you would hope, uh, you know, progression with quarterbacks is never linear. Um, as sometimes, as we see, you take a step forward as a sophomore and then a step back as a junior, and then you jump forward as a senior. Um, the goal would be for him to become, like, if, if Brian Lewerke is going to end up as a first-round pick uh, at the end of his senior season, he's going to have to get more consistent in the accuracy department, do a good job moving the pocket, 
um, being subtle in the pocket again with with pocket mobility, finding throwing lanes and things like that. It's something that he hasn't been uh, great with and being able to you know mani- manipulate defensive backs with his eyes and those uh, next level quarterback things that I was talking about with Rocky Lombardi. You know, he is a good enough athlete and a good enough thrower of the football to play at the next level. He's just got to put it together consistently. And if Michigan State rebounds and the offense is good uh, and he looks competent and is a really good player and Michigan State is achieving this year uh, and beating Michigan, beating Ohio State, or even, you know, just playing big games, right, uh, against them and ending up with 10, 11, 12 wins, uh, I think that will bode well uh, for him. I think he's still someone who's going to be on the radar for NFL teams, and I think it will be, you know, something that you're going to look at the junior season and be like, what the hell happened? And it doesn't take much investigating to know um, that every single person on the offense got hurt. Uh, the offense was a little bit archaic. And, oh, yeah, the quarterback probably had a torn throwing shoulder uh, for half the season and gutted through it. And if he can bounce back and have a really big senior year, I bet you that junior season and what he was able to really do and not do will end up being a positive. So, like you'll hear Mel Kuyper talk about, yeah, he had a bad junior season, but we found out he was playing with a bum throwing shoulder, and it says a lot about the guy that he was able to go and just try to gut it out for his team. He's the ultimate leader, team guy, rah rah, someone you want to lead your team, like that type of thing. Like you can excuse that season if it's sandwiched between a solid sophomore campaign and an excellent senior season. Uh, and that's what I hope to see uh, for him. I hope we see flashes of the dual threat, the athletic ability, uh, the strong arm, and the accuracy in the in the playmaking uh, for for Michigan State and for Brian Lewerke. He is undoubtedly the guy. Um, when you watch the spring game, it's pretty obvious to the eye. You don't have to be a football expert to be like that guy's better. Um, so he, uh, he he's the guy going into this season, and he needs to be great. Uh, for this team to be great, and I, um, you know, we'll see again. The big wild card here is what does the offense look like? Um, but I think it's going to be something that is tailored to his skills, uh, which is something that has uh, been very successful in college football. That type of offense with again RPOs, um, you know, taking advantage of the dual threat ability. Again, he's a great runner, can throw on the run and things like that. So I'm feeling good, feeling confident. It seems like. Um, Lewerke is a guy who can uh, operate in this type of offense, and I just hope that it all kind of comes together and everyone's you know, pulling in the same direction. It seems like D'Antonio's finally sort of relented a little bit, sees some control, uh, and I think you know they're going to put more on Lewerke, uh, not more like pressure or anything like that, but it's going to be kind of on him to make the big plays and make the right decisions uh, and be a great quarterback, and I'm, I still believe in him. I'm willing to throw out last season uh, as a bit of a fluke given the injuries and the his shoulder injury. I haven't lost confidence uh, in him. So looking forward to watching his development uh, along with the development of the entire team in the offense uh, this coming fall. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Let me check this draft here real quick. Okay, okay, no, ju- we're at pick 26 Uh, Justin Lane has not gone yet, so we're not going to be able to talk about that if he does end up going in the first round. Hope he does. Hope he gets picked here at the back end. That would be three defensive backs, three cornerbacks for Michigan State in the first round uh, in the last, what, like five or six years? That's pretty awesome. So uh, anyway, that's going to be it for today's show. Be back Monday, and I'll uh, spend the entire show talking about 
where Michigan State players ended up and where the free agents for Michigan State ended up. And we'll talk about their scenarios, who's in a good spot, who can potentially make a team, who's you know going to be a starter right away, what you know who's in front of them, this, that, and the other. So we'll do all that on Monday. And if there's any news over the weekend, we will, of course, talk about that as well. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back Monday with another episode. Until then, go green.